Welcome to the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia. In the big rock candy mountains, the jails are made of tin, and you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short handle shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a going to stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the big rock candy mountains. We are the owls and we bring the fight all through the Southland. All know our might. Who? From the mountain we bring spirit, Who? heart, and victory. Let's go owls. Our men and women bring honor and fame. Who? Strong in the classroom, strong in the game. Who? From the mountain we bring spirit. Kennesaw, it's on to victory. Go owls. Who? Fight owls. KSU. KSU. There's more, but I'll spare you. Okay. Sorry. Did, did people throw those who's in there? They do now. <laughs> I think that should be added. Yeah. I, before that, the fight song was ever a thing. I can't imagine they don't have a bunch of fight songs where people answer who at all the breaks because <laughs> they can say, like, who owls? Who owls? Uh, it'd be perfect. <laughs> like a, a call and response instead yeah. of a Georgia Bulldogs right. or, a, or a Atlanta United. You know, it's yeah. uh, uh, owls. Who? Owls, who? <laughs> Owls, who? We definitely did the hootie who uh, scream was definitely before. I don't think it was done at any sport. And the only time exciting tradition that I saw at any sport before we got football, Kennesaw State University, um, was at the basketball game. They, they, they made okay signs with both their hands, but flared the pinky ring and middle fingers yeah. out and put over their eyes like, like they were owl eyes, and they would yeah. do that whenever a basketball player was going to shoot a three or whatever. Everybody would stand up and, and, and do that, or they did the foul <laughs> line. That would be a bit distracting, wouldn't it? Like you're, uh, you're getting ready at the, at the free throw line, yeah. and then there's a bunch of people with their hands up yeah, to their eyes. The, you know yeah. what I mean? Hey, yeah. I, I was living vicariously through my father for the longest time, and I still am, uh, rooting on the University of uh, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs. Father went to Georgia and Georgia State, and Georgia State's got a football team now too. That's so right. he's he goes and watch watches them. The Panthers, right? The, the Panthers, yeah. yeah. Dad, uh, he 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 likes uh, a different logo, one that was it looks like a G, and then it, it like it looks like a circle, and then it has like an S, like by the '80s and the '90s right. kind of logo. He he doesn't like the logo now that has, and I quote, a kitty cat on it. It does kind of have a kitty cat. It kind of looks like it's almost like some other college, like Northwestern or. Yeah. Kansas, I don't know, some, some Kansas State maybe. I don't know. Some it looks like somebody's. Dad's like, you know, the the, the, the mascot used to be the Black Panthers. And, oh, but why did they change it? <laughs> For obvious reasons, they dropped the Black Panther moniker and just went with Panthers. Oh, <coughs> uh, when, when you know Man. that that uh, movement in group uh, came about, the first thing the university. I'm sorry, I ruined was, your Black Panther party. <laughs> 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 and that's all I've got to say about Vietnam. Um, Mm. It, they they drop that real quick and uh, you know to be the more you know acceptable uh, uh, mascot. 
Well, dad was kind of cave into peer pressure. That's I know. Oh, pitiful. They should have just kept it. Yeah, of course, it's awesome. I mean, it's. It, I mean, uh, it'd been great <laughs> for for you know frat parties. Yeah. Um, and it, it, dad was just kind of like you know you know these very ferocious thing you know you know the a Black Panther you know, the yeah. Panther kind of and now it's you look at the mascot it's like it's yeah. like meow <laughs> meow. <laughs> what, what's, what was that uh, uh, thing after the Bob Hoot Newhart show where it showed like was well, supposed to be the line was, was a little cat yeah, it, it was, was like, MTM it was MTM it was Mary Tyler Moore's production company okay. so instead of MGM which was the lion roar ah, it was MTM sense. Mary Tyler Moore and it was meow because uh-huh. she was you know. That's weird. I never got that. Right. And just like well, we were talking, you know. just like we were talking about another episode about uh, the never-ending story. <laughs> you know, yeah. it took me years, years until some until finally clicked. Wait a minute. That's not a big flying dog. That's a big flying fluffy dragon. All right, it's a luck dragon. <laughs> right. For the longest he time, has some, he has some canine features. You was wondering why he wasn't barking. Yeah, yeah he's he just like, I love that big he, dog. I wish I could ride. The he big has dog. sort of the he has sort of the, the snout jowly things that a dog has, and he's kind of got that dogish nose and maybe the kind of floppy ears. But the rest, he's all dragon man. He had shiny rest, scales, didn't he? Like a fish. Uh, I thought it was all fluffy. He was he was pretty furry because Atreyu took a nap on him at one point and kind of mm-hmm. cuddled up on him. Yeah, and then chased the bullies at the end. They all jumped mm-hmm. in the dumpster. He did have to go underneath the water to find the lost Orin, the oh, amulet yeah. that hey. Atreyu wears, and that's very shiny and shimmery in that scene when he dives yeah, down underneath and he's yeah. picking up that little. He picks it up in his teeth or whatever, and he's flying with it. You know. I don't know. <laughs> that <laughs> movie well, was all kinds of teach you weird things. Yeah. 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 But topless uh, idols will kill you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> don't, well. don't 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 be hanging around topless idols. Yeah. Although ultimately, like he was supposed to be able to answer like these questions and all. That. So ultimately, didn't he just dodge the lasers? I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, what was all he, some kind of all the, what was all the preparation for? If really, all he had to do was just dive real quick. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. it kind of was like uh, you know, kind of I a liked letdown. The, I like the movies though, like Clash of the Titans and oh, yeah. Sinbad awesome. the Sailor and all them kind of. Yeah. Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> who who was the guy with the? Uh, they got his hand cut off, and. Be- you know, uh, Luke Skywalker. No, no. And Clash of the Titans, <laughs> a bad guy like Calibach or Calibos. I don't or, know. It's been so anyway. long. Calibach. Are you talking about the old one in the sixties? No, or are one you of talking the, 80, about the, the one. The, one of the eighties with eighties. I'm sorry, with Harry Hamlin. You know, yes, as, as yes. Perseus and yeah. uh, and Burgess Meredith as this you know the old guy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sir Lawrence Olivier Gavel, as, uh, yeah. as Zeus and Everyone Ursula Andress as mm-hmm. uh, Aphrodite and. I don't know other people. Burgess there was another one. Uh, uh, that, the, oh, in the Batman movie, yeah. it was hilarious when the guys were all dehydrated and they're trying to sweep them all up. Yeah. He's like, "Careful, careful! Every one of them's got a mother." <laughs> and that was just like the end of the line. <laughs> yeah. and I, I li- died laughing every time he said that. Yeah. Oh god! No, there was Jack the Giant Killer. Jack the Giant Killer. Did you see that? No, maybe. There's like, you know, them kind of Greek Good. mythology kind of come out and fight the skeletons yeah. and. Oh yeah, but was it, I thought that was uh, my mind kick is past there's like Jack a, and the Giant Peach. Yeah, there, I know there's the Cyclops. <laughs> That's James and the Giant Peach. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Jack James. But yeah, I've seen that one with the I've seen that one with the, <laughs> where, the like. where the skeletons come to life and they yeah got they come the out of the ground and they come out yeah. with their yeah, shoulders. Yeah, Jason yeah. and Argonauts. Yeah, that was that one. But there was another one. I think it was it was. Um, 
made like in the 60s around that time with like Sinbad yeah the sailor and Sinbad and seven voyages and all this stuff and uh it was Jack the Giant Killer and that was that was good too I think he like fought like Cyclops yeah. guys and stuff like that it was really good I just remember as a kid the Greeks made some really cool stories could it be Jack the Giant Slayer mm, no that was a recent movie I believe um no, let's let's look at our disambiguation. Okay, ooh, Jack the Giant Killer, nineteen sixty-two yep. film. Yep. Bam, nineteen sixty-two. Yeah, I knew it was in the sixties sometime. That's right. But so that kind of stuff was neat. Yeah, growing yeah. up, definitely. But I think they they had to invent technology to do the skeletons and Jason and the Argonauts. I think I remember something correctly that when it came out, people were like, "How did they do that?" Like it yeah. freaked people out that they were able to have these skeletons. Mm-hmm. Well, they had like Ray Harryhausen did a lot of the effects. He was he did he did the original King Kong in '33. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they carried that on. He improved it over time until we got to like the Kraken and all the other stuff. And and uh, release the Kraken. Yeah, and Clash of the Titans. I hope that the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta United, gets the nickname the Kraken. Because if you look overhead and as the you know the the dome closes, it looks like a, to me it looks like a big squid mouth closing, <laughs> yeah. like biting <laughs> the kraken. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what else was good from that time was uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Ooh oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. With James Mason, where's Arnie Sackinson? Oh, you, you all should notice you're right here on the verge of greatness. We can see we've made it farther than any other man has come to the center of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, it was yeah. a and mo- Pat Boone. Here's yeah, Pat to Boone. the prof of geology, master of all natural history. Rare boy he, and rare boys we. <laughs> to know such a great curiosity. To the prof, hi, 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 hi. Do they really sing that at the University of Edinburgh like they did in I the movie? I have no idea. Uh, not that, a college boy, are you? No. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> nope. Is that around the same time that, you know, the whole Davy Crockett thing was kicking off? Or was that before that? Davy, Davy. Well, that was a television show, and Journey to the Center of the Earth King. was a movie. But That's they, right. they were from the same era, I think. Didn't they remake Journey to the Center of the Earth with a rock? They, yeah, they did. They did. If yes, they also made they made one in the eighties, I think. That was pretty terrible. They made one with Brendan Fraser too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was one. That's when you go to uh, Stone Mountain and see the Forty Theater. That's right. It was actually yeah. a movie that came out in the theater, but then they, I guess, they got the rights to. Mm-hmm. 4D well, it all when, up. When you watch the original, the one you know from the early '60s, it's. I mean, I guess now it's you know looks pretty dated, and I don't. Uh, there's a lot of continuity things that don't make sense. Like, why are there big dinosaurs, and why are they at the center of the Earth, but you can see the sky, and you know some other kind of weird stuff like that. But I guess you can't really see the sky. But why is it so bright? Like they're down there, and they're like, they find this underground ocean, and then they got to get on the raft and go across it and there's these big like dorsal fin lizard things <laughs> kind of coming at them but uh, Jules Verne but, right yeah Jules Verne I got yeah. I got my son for his birthday a novel of a bunch of Jules Verne's didn't he uh, do stories. the time machine too yeah uh, brr, I don't that was H.G. Wells yeah H.G. Wells sorry yeah, you see that old one too yeah. the time oh, yeah. machine right. Rod, Rod Taylor mm-hmm. good movie yeah mm-hmm. Drain of the Center of the Earth 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that was Jules Verne uh, right. the island or something the island of Dr. Moreau oh yeah. yes and uh, there was one movie that came out. It used, to, it used to come on, I think, like TBS or something all the time. 
and I loved it. And I used to sit and watch it with my dad. I think it was called like Fantastic Voyage or something yeah, like that. Yeah, where they shrink, uh, yeah. they shrink everybody down. It's uh, got, got Raquel Welch in it. Like when she gets covered with the antibodies and they got to peel it all off and yeah. all she's left with is her little kind of bikini thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it's like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's right. It's a madhouse. It's, it's a, a madhouse. When I finally watched that movie at the end, I was just like, get out. Yeah, well, don't ruin it for all of our right, listeners. Right, I know. But I can't, yeah. I had an aunt who loved Planet of the Apes. <laughs> really? Yes. It's so not a not a chick movie. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I don't know. Like, I don't know. She, it's, it's like I the remember. Three, it's, it's like the Three Stooges and Rush. I mean, girls just don't <laughs> girls just don't like it. You know? Yeah. I uh, talked about the Three Stooges. I let my kids watch the Three Stooges yeah. for a while, yeah. and they started doing the things the Three like, Stooges would like, do, like calling like, each other chowderhead and yeah, hitting each other in the face, like smacking each other, yeah, smacking each other, and trying to do yeah. the, the machine gun, the two, the two fingers in the eyes, and but my kids love it. Oh yeah, they love it. I've got to introduce. I mean. And you can find it. It's like on YouTube, you know. Oh yeah, you can find them all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, and when my kids first saw it, they, they think it was all black and white, right. all grainy. They're like, "What is this nonsense?" I was yeah. like, "Give it about five minutes and just wait until you see how mad Mo's going to be at him before he lets him have it." You know, and they just once they you know, once they saw it, oh, I mean, I can just picture my son. Yeah. Laughing his head off at it if I showed him now. Yeah. I need to show him that. Well, yeah, they, do, they do such great yeah. dummy work. Yeah, I mean, they do. You know, like you know, somebody falling off something that's clearly a dummy, <laughs> and then it snaps, and then there they are on the floor. And then, and then you know, you got you got you know Benny, you know, Sorry. but but Benny Hill took up the torch yeah. where where they left off. You so know, did Benny Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, but but really, I mean the the. the the mantle of dummy work is just, I mean, it's, it's a sacred thing that's got to be, you know, Benny passed Hill, on. man. I loved it when he tapped a little old man on the oh, head all the time. It's like 100 miles an hour. Yeah, because yeah. everything's, everything's run at like slightly fast. Well, because look, when you watch the old like Charlie Chaplin movies, they shot them at one speed and then they played them back at another speed. That's why everything looks all herky-jerky, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, so so Benny Hill kind of took that and he did it on purpose. I mean, obviously he didn't have to, but it looked so much funnier because he was he was, he was mimicking the old Buster Keaton and the Charlie right, Chaplin, right, which right. you know they look so much funnier that slightly sped up. So I mean, just seeing all that stuff, like just being able to smack the guy on the head a little faster <laughs> and running around a little faster, it's just so much funnier. Anyway, yeah. I was uh, yeah, uh, you were <laughs> you okay? Yes, I know. Uh, I was um, telling you, I had an aunt. Yeah, we lived in Scotland. Yeah. And she lived down the street from us, so I'd always go and visit her as a kid. It wasn't Aunt Cornelius, was it? No, you know? no, no, no. Or, or, and, or Aunt Zayas. And she <laughs> always, if, if Planet of the Apes was on, she would watch it, and she would watch every, like, you know, the, the continuing. Yeah, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Beneath. Uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Right, all of Escape them. Escape from the Planet Escape, of the Apes. all that. Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And she'd be up all, my dad would say, oh, she'd be watching up for hours all night. Yeah. She loved it. Uh, well, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the the first the first two kind of told a fairly dystopian you know kind of interesting allegorical story, but then they kind of just by the time they get to the battle for the planet of the apes, it's you know yeah. it's like they're not even trying anymore. But you know it's, they yeah. say the new ones are pretty good. That's what I they watched say. the first one. I, I didn't get around to watch the rest of them, but I want to. But why do I enjoy like dystopian uh, novels and movies? I, I get a big kick out of them. I, yeah. 1984, I'll still pick it up and read it to this day. Animal Farm. Uh, uh, there's one that came, the most recent was uh, One Second After. Um, Fahrenheit. Uh, 451. Yeah. I mean, there, there was so many, when you read them, there was one that I read called, the, the, uh, what was it, The Canicle of Leibowitz? 
uh, or, or something I, it, like all of them it was just very fascinating to me. The road was one. I guess you could say Cormac Mad, McCarthy, yeah. Mad Max, you could say, are probably them. Uh, the Book of Eli, I guess, is a dystopian uh, uh, movie. Um, I don't know. I just get a big kick out of them. I don't know why. They're entertaining yeah. to me. Mm. Well, because, you know, you like to put yourself in that place. Like, well, if all of the, you know, restrictions and constraints and safeties of society weren't there, what would you do? Brave New World. Yeah. I mean, 1984 in a lot of ways. I mean, you look at, if you go back and read the book, this book was written in like 45, 47, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, by uh, George Orwell. That's where we get the phrases like Orwellian and stuff like that. Right. You go back and you read 1984. I mean, some of the stuff that it's talking about, like what the, the party does, is, which I guess is just what they call refer to as the state. Like this, right. the, this, the party has become the state. It's just a one allowed thought. And they, they funnel people in every week to watch their two minutes of hate where it gets everybody up against a common enemy and it has them all focused on this. And their their uh, crimes are groupthink. And uh, uh, everything is backwards. War is peace and truth is lie. And everything and every is totally turned around to where they have everyone so beholden to the party that they don't know what's right. They don't know what's the truth. They don't know what's... They're just all funneled into one system for the survival of the state and the party everyone wears the same thing no one can talk to anybody like big brother is always watching there's always a screen that's always following them and telling them what to think telling them what to do that knows what they're doing all the time and the guy wrote it in like 47 and you're reading it now and it's like can they go Turn my device off. That's attached to Google. That's right. That's kind of well, me but out. hey, but it's true. Maybe even some a lot of the stuff from 1984 has, in some ways, you can kind of say has come to pass. But we're here to tell you on the Liberty Tree that there's a there's a way out. Bam. We, there's a way to achieve complete and total freedom. Master segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it happened and, not 47. Yeah. 2,000 years ago. Right. That's right. So. You know, then that's the freedom we have in Christ. That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. And that's what's something that's really cool to think about, too, is that, I mean, we and this is not to 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 make light of or to say that your problems are kind of uh, first worldish and kind of meh. But um, because, I mean, everyone goes through the same struggles and that's not to take away from that. But in comparison to um, early Christians in Rome, where you were sport for the Colosseum and for, right. for lions and stuff, we're, we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I, it's, it's difficult to, to kind of throw out my flag and stick out my chest that I'm suffering for the Lord in, you know, <laughs> in 2017 <laughs> America. Uh, I, I just, it's, it, it, you know, your feelings might get hurt, but we're not, we're not being round up and killed yet. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, in comparison to other Christians around the world, we've got it pretty good. Um, and I mean, you, you have stories of the martyrs, I think it was Polycarp where all he had to do was just renounce Christ and say, Caesar is King or, or Caesar is Lord. And he was an old, old man in the, the guy in the Colosseum was saying, look, you're, you've lived your years. It, he, I, we don't want to do this. Like he was serious. We, we, this is the law. We have to follow all. I don't want to send an old man to his death like this. It doesn't feel right, and you just renounce, just just deny, and and we we won't have to go through this. And Polycarp, who was I believe, 
a disciple of Timothy. Hmm. I think I'm saying that right. So the Timothy that was the disciple of Paul. So it's that hmm. close of a connection. And Polycarp was basically saying, my whole life, Christ has not left me once. Why in my last hour would I leave him now? Oh, or my name's not Polycarp. <laughs> or my name's not Polycarp. <laughs> or, 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 and they, they said that when they burned him at the stake, that, that he, just, he just took it. Or there's other stories of where uh, they, they threaten Christians with beheading, and, and the responses they get are like, you may, take, you may remove this head from my body, but you will never remove me from my spiritual head, which is Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, that's um, right. And you have Christians that were singing in the Colosseum mm-hmm. hymns and praise songs to, to, to the Lord while everybody's watching as the lions are, you know, turning them into uh, hot wings. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and then, but the weird thing is, is that the people in the crowd are like, how can they do that? How could they sing like that? How could they be happy or have that kind of joy in them? In the, with what they're facing, right. what's happening to them. They obviously have something that I do not. Let me find out more about this Christianity Great faith. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and our last uh, episode, we kind of did a roundup of the beginning of our uh, Christianity 101 segments, and we started to talk about the next portion of what we were going to get into today, which was the sin, sin and, and repentance. And and again, you might first hear this, and it's like, nah, that's kind of seems kind of depressing to, to talk about. Yeah, and it's but the teaching, the biblical teaching of sin and repentance is important, especially well, both are. But touching on sin is that you know. <clears throat> There's so many ways to, to approach discussing this, and I'm going to try to do as best I can. And please jump in and, and help uh, where, where it might present itself. Um, it's, de- it's definitely difficult in a cultural world where there really shame and honor are kind of two things that have kind of gone by the wayside. It's really, you know, if, if one does experience shame, it, it may not necessarily be over sin. It may be over being a victim. Um, right. Um, or... Or uh, honor, that sense of honor, especially, you know, r- what you're representing here, that's kind of become kind of ambiguous, Yeah, if too. your sense of honor offends someone else, then you are wrong for having it. Right. So a lot of that's been sort of, uh, you know, sort of subdued a little bit, you know. The postmodern kind of push of trying to make everything relative and sin is in the eye of the beholder, or, or sin is just, you know, depend, you know, or even sin is offensive. How dare you talk about sin because you're suggesting that another human being could be evil or sinful. Right. And it's just the, the thought of that, the, the natural instinct of our culture is that deep down man is really good. And according to scripture, that's not the case. At right. all. And, and mm-hmm. it also goes back to, well, if we, we all just need to treat each other right and do the right thing and everything will work out. Right, and we all should treat each other right, and we all should do the right thing, but not because that's going to be a means to a reward at the end. Those that that should be the way that you live your life because you've got Christ in your heart right. and you want to live like Him. But you know, treating each other right and doing the right thing—that's not a checklist for getting yourself some later down the road, either reward. A lot of people throw around the word karma. Right. You mm-hmm. know, which a lot is, of Christians throw around the word right, karma. Yeah. Right. Which is just to try to say like, well, if you, if you, if you be good 
and you treat people right, then you'll get this reward later on, you know? Right. Or if you treat people poorly, then bad things will happen to you later on. What goes around comes around. Right. Or and there is a passage that talks about you reap what you sow. And there is, it, it, there's consequences. As a Christian, there's consequences of my actions between me and my neighbor. Absolutely. Of course. If, I, if I get pulled over for speeding and I spout off to the officer that I don't deserve a ticket because I'm a sinner saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and yeah. all my sins have been atoned for on the cross, which is true, the officer's probably going to look at me and say, okay, here's your ticket, have a nice day, because right. I've broken a law in this kingdom. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and there's consequences for my actions. It doesn't jeopardize my relationship between God and I, right. but it definitely jeopardi- jeopardizes the relationships between my neighbor and I. Right, and I fully <clears throat> believe that God wants us to be nice to each yeah, other and treat each other right. And the thing is, as a Christian, you know when you've done your neighbor wrong. Oh, yeah. You know when you're not, you know, walking in Christ and the way that you deal with the people around you. Right. And and if you and if you are able to treat somebody harshly or poorly and you don't feel that pang of, oh, I can't believe I just did that, then maybe you need to reexamine your relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. with Jesus. You yeah. know, because we are supposed to treat each other nicely. But again, the way that our society is kind of pushing us is you know, it's that that's the means and to the end is you should do good things and be nice and good things will happen to you because of it. Right. Yeah. And there's no more necessarily the case. There's no more not sinning for the sake of not sinning. It's not sinning for the sake of getting something. Right. Which is sinning. (laughs) (laughs) Love, love your neighbor. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. it, you know, love God, love your neighbor. Love your enemies. You know, yeah. have faith that in what you don't do, Christ has done for you and is counted for you, courtesy of the well, substitution that happened on the cross. And I think that, you know, a way to, and, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, obviously, but, you know, as Jesus said, you know, how can you say that you love me if you're treating your fellow man this way? Mm-hmm. Because that fellow man that you're treating poorly, I mean, he, he's mine. I love him. You know, and he's right here on earth with you. Mm. So how are you treating this guy poorly and saying that you love me? You can't do it. It's, it's good gutter guards right. that, that we so definitely need, even especially as Christians, yeah. is that we are saved through faith in Christ, courtesy of God's grace. But yet there's still that, you know, the good news is, is that, <clears throat> one, I've never met a Christian who didn't want to do right. Yeah. Uh, I've met plenty of Christians who think they always do right, <laughs> which, yeah. which is you mean false. there's some of them, right? <laughs> you know, but um, there's definitely you know that 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 need or that guidance to show, hey, this is. And, and the interesting thing is about the law, and especially when it comes to sin. Paul says in Romans, I think it's in Romans, he says the law is written on our hearts. Nowhere does it say that the gospel is. The gospel is something that we sinners need to hear all the time. That's right. You, Like you were saying just a second ago, more or less, you know when you've done something wrong. Now, you may try to, you may go to great lengths to convince yourself that it wasn't wrong. You try to rationalize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because your identity is wrapped up in you, the sinner, and therefore that excuses you for the responsibility of your sin. And that's always going to go squirrely when our identity is in anything other than Christ. We're always going to try to look for the justification of who we are what we are, what our desires are to be, because obviously if we're desired, then they can't be bad because that's me. But going back to the sin thing, especially you know, where Scripture, Psalms 51.5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Original sin. 
or, or you know, we are born sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 3, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I think it kind of brings into another topic of discussion is to make a clear understanding of what we're talking about when we talk about the doctrine of sin. There's sins that we do, and then there's the concept of sin, what our nature is because right. of Adam and Eve. Yeah. But I mean, because, because of, of the first... Can't leave her out. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> women. Like that... I'm just kidding, women listeners, you know. We love you. Yeah. Uh, but sin through that, through Adam and Eve, was passed down. And I'm not talking about generational sin. That's right. trash that stuff. I'm talking about, you know, we are born with a sin nature because of the fall. That's how corrupt sin has breached into creation, into mankind, where that's passed down from the next generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation. Sin in the beginning is passed down through mankind in that way. And the Bible tells us just as Adam sinned and all mankind contracted this disease. Um, yeah. So, and, and that, you know, and if you start to think about that, it just, it's crushing because you think of all the sin piled up, all the, everybody's sinning all the time. We're born sinners. We're sinful by nature. We can't escape it. It's like this. It's just part of who we are, just the same as, you know, your arm is part of you. So, so what's what's the solution? What do we do? And then we have the other side of this, it's of this, of this part of Christianity one hundred and one is sin and repentance. Right. It's, so, so where does the repentance come in? Because obviously, the thing that saves us from our sin is our belief in Jesus Christ. So we've we've taken Jesus Christ into our hearts. So why is it important that we repent of our sins and continually? repent of our sins. Why, why do we do that? The Christian life is a daily death and resurrection and a daily, uh, it's, it's a life of repentance. But let, let me make it clear, you, you're not saved because you repent every day. Right. You're saved because Christ died for you. That's right. right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it, we, we, in me, I so quickly want to look at the formula. I so quickly want to look at what what must I do to be saved? Right, because that's how our lives work. I mean, right. every, every time you have a goal, it's okay. I'm here, there are these obstacles, and there's the thing over there that I want or that I need. Right. So what things do I have to do to go around these obstacles, to remove these obstacles, to surma- you know, overcome these challenges so that I can then start at point A and end up at point B, hopefully better than I was when I was at point A. I mean, that's just what we do in our day-to-day lives. I mean, from the time we're kids until we're adults, it's always that's, that's how life on earth is. So we tend, I think, to try to put that and to try to those, you know, wrap, wrap our little heads around the things that you can't wrap your little heads around, which is, you know, the nature of God. And, and the enormity of the gift that Christ has given us. The, and the most offensive thing that you can do is to tell me that I can do nothing, that, that there's nothing that I can do right. to mm-hmm. merit 
or to earn or to gain God's forgiveness. Because everything else in this life that I know of, if I work really hard, I can get it. Or at least that's the, the culture and the worldview that I come from. <clears throat> so the idea that there's something that is so high and so unattainable, there's literally nothing I can do, nothing I can sacrifice, nothing that I can atone for myself that will earn or grant me forgiveness and re- repentance and forgiveness of sins, that's offensive. It's like uh, uh, God, say, Jesus saves you all by himself without yeah. your yeah, help. He didn't need anything from you. And, and that's offensive. Yeah. Like, what do you mean in I'm fact, that bad? Gotta, in fact, we were holding him back. Right. We made it harder yeah. for him. <laughs> well, you feel you have to do, yeah. you have to do, you have to do, you have to do. Yeah. It's right. like going to work Yeah. every day. Yeah. All right, you go, you go to work, you work your hours. At the end of the week, you get your paycheck. Paycheck's gone. You do the same thing again. Right. It's just like a continuous cycle. And I think that's what you touched on, Ben. You feel like you have to do something to earn it. Yeah. You it, see what I mean? It's just, it's and that's just, why, why, why we mentioned last week, why I mentioned last week at the church, that the people take the cross as offensive because they're not it doing takes the something. Po- it takes the power away from yeah, them. Yeah, it takes the power away from them because they want to do something to earn that yeah. favor or the salvation but God's already given it to us. Yeah. And those those verses from Second Peter that you mentioned were really, I think, spot yeah. on. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the gospel is really simple yeah. when you think about it. Mm. You know, yeah. we just make it difficult. That's right. right. We make it difficult when we add things to it. Right. Because we got to add our skin in the game. We have to show something to show that we're approved, to, to, to cooperate and to help and to let God save us. To me, and I know it's a matter of just misthinking or whatever, drives me up the wall, especially when I used to say it, that I let God do anything or that I need to, you know, let God save me. It's like, if anything, it's like that scene in uh, Rogue One, Star yeah. Wars Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I saw an article that was written about this too recently, but where the droid, like, basically smacks somebody around. Right. And he said, this, this is a rescue mission. Stop resisting. Yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like Jesus comes to us, smacks us around. This is a rescue mission. Stop resisting. G- Jesus rescues us, saves us, and even repents us. For so long, I thought that all that repentance is riding on me. Like, that in order for me to get saved, I have to figure out how to repent. And even David says in the Psalms that I believe, turn me so I shall be turned. <laughs> yeah. So literally God repents me. Turn me, God, so I shall be turned. It's like Did that, you uh, come here to kill me? <laughs> There's not much of me left. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, Ben. One, one quote from Rogue One that I know. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, you ever see people that you say, thank the Lord for unanswered prayers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. right. you feel like when you're praying, oh, Lord, help me with this and give me this and give me that and give me this. It's like you're telling God, hey, this is the best way to do it because I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, you, you hear people say it's like a backseat driver. Yeah, like know? a backseat driver. Yeah. It's like God is my co-pilot. Yeah. It's like, not your co-pilot. You no. should be your pilot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the, if anything, uh, you're a passenger yeah, way I, back in coach at the very back. I'll be the I'm very the back trunk. by the toilet. Yes. <laughs> I'm in the trunk tied up because I kept trying to get away. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus tied me down. Threw you in there and or, took or, off. Or the idea but, that Jesus is a perfect gentleman. That's nowhere in Scripture. Yet I heard it all my life. Well, 
the Lord's a perfect gentleman. He's just not going to. No, he barged in. He said, you're dead. You're alive because you're mine. Now get up. This is what happened. This is the truth. Right. And, 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 and that's really what went down. But we, we want to make it like, God's just waiting on us to do our part. God's just waiting on us to cooperate with him and his plan. God's just waiting for us to, he, if only we would let him. It's like God's waiting around for us to initiate something. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine right. the horror of that? If that's what this was all riding on, that God's waiting on me yeah. to do something? <laughs> Nothing will get done. I'd be like... I'd be like, oh no, just get rid of him. He's not doing that thing. There's no hope. Yeah, you know, it, I'm too it, busy sinning. I don't have time to exactly. do all of God's work yet. And, and, you know, you know uh, I'm just, so. a, you know, you know, even Paul says, you know, you know, no one seeks for God. No one wants God. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All are sinners. Everyone's laid waste. And even Jesus, remember after the rich uh, young ruler, after he told him, go sell everything you own and give it to the poor, and then you'll have eternal life, and he walked away sad. And all the disciples saw how hard this was and looked at Jesus and said, who can be saved? Yeah, mm-hmm. and who's, who's going to do this? Right, and Jesus says, with man, this is impossible. Yep. And then, thank God right after he says, but with God, all things, all things are possible. You ever think about that? What's up? Yeah. Like that, um, when you think of it, and say thank the Lord for unanswered prayers. Yeah. You know, you're driving down the road and you like, you're thinking about something. You're like, God, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it. Or even better yet, God, thank you so much that your answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A big fat yeah. no. Right. It's like God answers all of our prayers. It just might be the answer might be no. That's <laughs> <laughs> like my goodness, how many bullets did you dodge? You know, oh, yeah. so many, huh? so many. Oh, sin is cosmic treason against a three-time holy God. Holy, holy, holy. Sin is not a oopsies. Sin is not a mistakes. Sin is not a my bad. Sin is not a I'll do better next time. Because no, you won't do better next time. Sin is corrupts everything and the wages of sin is death. But the good news is, is that the gift of God is eternal life. Yeah, and that's right. That's the best part. Of that's like Paul story. says: I do the things I don't want to do. Right, right, right. And I, what is it? Like, and then the things that I, I want to do, do, I don't I, do them. I don't do them. Yeah. And it fouls him up so much. And 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 see, almost every Christian I know hates sin. Doesn't want to sin. I hate it when I sin. I don't want to sin, but I do, and that drives me up the wall. And then, and and, and we get so burnt out and destroyed in the church because there's so many times when we teach people that if you're a Christian, you're not going to sin anymore. Or how do you know that you're really saved if you do this sin for the umpteenth time? Must not be saved. Must still be a baby Christian. Your faith must not be strong enough. Which which on a completely different tangent. Guess how much faith you need in Christ? Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, not a lot because he's it's it's there. Very minute. He, Very he, little. You know. I mean, I, I mean, it, how much faith you need? Remember me when you get in your kingdom. Done. Deal. Done. You will I, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, dead sinner convicted on a cross next to Jesus. Hey, will you remember me? Absolutely. That's it. That's all you need. And yet, we're, you know, we have to be a, a champion 
we're Christians for Christ, and we have to be an unmarked Christian soldier, and we have to do all this stuff, and how do you know that you're... And our assurance is in how... He will our... regret the day he was born a Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> what? He will regret the day he was born a Frankenstein. <laughs> he will regret the day he was born a Frankenstein. You're doing your Kenneth Mars there. Sorry. Yeah, but we, but, but like, we, 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 we like... We, 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 we classify yeah. Christians. That's right. We put Christians on a different plane and pedestal. Here's tenderfoot Christian. Here's first class Christian. Here's life Christian. And here's Eagle Scout Christian. Right. And then it's all about, hey, look at me. Look what I'm progressing. Look what I'm doing. Look at the spiritual growth that I'm experiencing. And we all go through our different stages in sanctification. That's another topic down the road. But like yeah, it turn, we, turns Christianity into Scientology. Like your right. th- your thetan levels are high enough for you yeah. to go to the next the next, next level. Yeah, it's like you know <laughs> you know the whole passage where Jesus says it, you know if you had faith as big of a mustard seed you could move a mountain. That was not to encourage us that one day we could move a mountain. That was to show us how little our faith was. This right. is how small and itty bitty your faith is. It is so small that it's it's smaller than a grain of mustard seed. But guess what? It's enough. Yeah. Faith in me is enough, no matter, and, and, and it, it brings so much assurance because it points back to not having faith in my faith for salvation. Right. I'm, this whole shebang is riding on my faith in Jesus Christ. Well, and we're going to use that as a perfect place to stop for now in this episode. Um, and we will pick up next time um probably still with our christianity 101 is that right zach is that still still par on par for us there lord willing if the creek don't rise or if something else doesn't come up like maybe there is a pressing situation (laughs) in the church or in the world or might have an interview or i don't know when we're going to pick up uh uh the uh, road to emmaus again if we are anytime soon but if you're listening to this right now it's uh 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 College football season is, is getting is, there. Is kicking there, and uh, 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 a quick, hopefully answered prayer for Mua will be uh, my teams will actually <laughs> win this year. Like God yeah. cares about that, and you know. Well, and now that you've said it out loud, you know. <laughs> Are you saying so, you have more favor with God than any other Christian? Oh you know? no, I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely, just joking. Absolutely, absolutely not. If any, <laughs> I just think the Lord takes special delight in crushing your spirits whenever you happen to like a team. He says, "Well, you think they're the best team on the south? Well, look at this. <laughs> the, the Bible is printed in red and black." <laughs> well, well, we hope that you have. Uh, enjoyed your time with us here on the Liberty Tree. Um, please, as always, we beseech you to turn to your Bibles. Amen. Um, that's mm-hmm. the, the truest and surest way to have freedom in Christ. And we hope that we see you at Swanee Station Family Life Church soon. But if not here, we hope that you do find a church that you can make your home because you'll only be the better for it. And we'll be back with another episode of the Liberty Tree. If you ever have any questions uh, for us on the podcast here, feel free to send us an email at thelibertytreepodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have, or if there is a topic or something that you want us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to let us know. You can find us on Facebook, The Liberty Tree Podcast. If you're on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at LibertyTreeCast. 
And also, we are on the church website. There is an icon on the website that's a picture of our logo. Just click on that. And to get to that website, it's familylifechurchswanee.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. More to come later. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go. This was the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia.